Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Digital Nomad World Weekly Series. I'm excited to have a, my guest today, Adela Alonso Alonso, with me, and we're going to be talking about how to transition from the office to the remote life. Adela, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Vicky. Always nice to talk to you. Yeah, it's always nice to talk to you. And should we tell the viewers our secret now, right at the beginning? Yeah. I think we might as well. We may as well. I know our backgrounds look completely different, but we are actually in the same location. <laughs> Where are we, Adela? Yeah, Kohab. Yes. Yeah, we're in Thailand. As you can see, this beautiful jungle co-working space. I think it's honestly one of my favorite co-working spaces in the world. What do you yeah, think about it? Yeah, it's my favorite one. It's my favorite one as well. And I would say it's the response, not to, you know, give too much away before we get into the conversation, but I, I blame Kohab for becoming nomadic. It was. Yeah, I totally want to hear about that in this interview. Yeah, it's, um. I think you were saying you might even get a coffee delivered right to your jungle uh, location. Did they just- I already have it. Oh yes, okay, that was the one that delivered to you, but at, they just come right to your desk. Like, I honestly have never seen that any other co-working space and I really love it yeah um it has a lot to offer for sure and yeah. really can you put a price of working with this view nope or even this view I mean I booked like they have Skype rooms you can book here for things like what we do here which is record video podcasts so it's hard in around the world to find places like this so shout out to Cohub we love you and we recommend that you come here to the island of Kolanta where we are so Adela, I would love to hear, can you first tell us about your background and how you started your remote work lifestyle? Yes, so uh, my background is actually in, in fashion. I I studied fashion design and like uh, the psychology of trend research. And then I worked in fashion for like 10 years. I worked in design and then I moved into buying both in Europe and in the Middle East. Um, and um, yes, so my job, my pre-nomad job, like, you know, before nomading um, was developing collections and finding suppliers and making sure that the products were up to par with the quality we were looking for and deciding when to launch it and which stores will get which colors and things like this. Wow. Um, okay. I got to ask right off the top of this, because we're talking about the transition today. That's our real yeah. focus. You were in fashion. How in the world were you able to transition from fashion to doing something with that remotely? Well, um, that's an excellent question. So, okay. My last, let's say traditional um, job position, I was working in Dubai. I was working in Dubai for a multinational company and I was dealing with uh, collections that were sold around 300 stores, nine countries, you know. But um, I was working in that position for like two and a half years and I got extremely burnt out um, to the point where I just quit. Like uh, for a time I tried to manage it. I tried to, you know, find ways to cope. I tried to talk to the team. I tried to, you know, and eventually you realize you can't change an organization, right? One person, so I, I just quit. And my goal was to take a t some time off, but I got almost immediately uh, recruited by a fashion tech startup um, that was based in Dubai, but the whole team 
was remote. So we had people, we had like data engineers in China and we had people working in natural language programming in Eastern Europe and somebody in Hong Kong and somebody in Poland. And, and then I started working with them. This was very new for me, but it seemed like easy enough um, because nobody in the team knew anything about the fashion industry or the product. So I was bringing all of that knowledge. And since the team was remote, when the summer came, and Dubai in summer is, is terrible, you do not want to be there. I said, well, since I have this opportunity, why don't leave for the summer and work remotely? And I spent one month in Batumi, Georgia, which was nice. And then once spent one month here in Thailand, in Kohab, it is the exact same location. And when I got to meet the nomad community and I got to meet these people who were like running international businesses, you know, barefoot <laughs> from an island. I said, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I definitely want to be one of them, right? So this is why I blame Kohab for me becoming nomadic because since then my priority and all the steps that I took were towards the possibility of being able to take all that knowledge and the skills and transfer it into something that could be done remotely. And today I am a a brand strategist and an open innovation consultant. So I work with early stage companies. A lot of them are fashion tech startups or fashion brands. And I also work with larger corporations that want to collaborate or invest in small businesses or startups. Wow. So uh, you're no longer just working for that fashion tech company that you found no, in Dubai. That, you are... No, yeah, no, that fashion tech company didn't survive. Um which happens to a lot of startups. So they didn't go past the second round of investment. Um, but you know, like, and when that happened, I suddenly had no job and I was already traveling and I had to find things to do. And I think this is also one of the things that we wanted to talk about. Like I knew what I wanted to do, right? I have all this knowledge, I have all these skills, but I had to basically build my network from scratch, right? When I quit my job, all of my LinkedIn, connections were manufacturers in Bangladesh and India. And it took some time to, you know, get acquainted with everyone in the innovation ecosystem to get people to notice me. So uh, as I was building that, I was also kind of taking whatever job I could take that was somewhat relevant to my goals or what I wanted. And that's how you also saw me painting a giant mural in co-working Bansko because <laughs> they told yeah, me we you actually can come. Met. <laughs> That's how we met. It's like you're, you were painting a wall in Bansko, Bulgaria at another co-working space that we loved. And yeah. And, and what was the deal there? Like, what were you getting from co-working Bansko for painting that mural at the time? We got uh, the co-working and accommodation. Okay. So... I, I went there and I, I my plan is, was just to do it for one month, but then, but the, like it took longer than expected. And then the, I don't know how he managed to convince me to do that again. So like, yeah, done a couple of murals, but I, it's also a nice thing to, you know, like semi holiday, semi chilling in the summer. But, but yeah, like I also got uh, hired to do things by friends that I met while nomading. So, I was working for a little bit um, doing affiliate marketing with Rosanna that you've also met. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure, yeah. And I was also helping 
uh, another friend from Cohab developing like a social media branch for his marketing or consulting. So I having this network also helped me a lot because my I knew what I was doing, but I knew it was going to take time. Like it's like one step against like after the other. And in the meantime, during that transition stage, I'm working towards where I'm going, but I also need to pay my bills, right? So right. It, it took a bit of experimenting, I think, and back and forth. Yeah, where did you find the, uh, the um, ad to paint the mural for Coworking Bonsco? I've never asked you before. The ad? No, I uh, another friend texted me and told mm -hmm. me, I am in this co-working uh, in Bulgaria, you and they do volunteering you should come and paint a mural because when when the the startup i was working with when i started traveling uh collapsed on itself i was in hoi an and sarah mm -hmm. the the back then owner of uh Hub hoi an i told her look sarah i i'm not going to renew the the co-working because i don't really have any work at the moment and i can justify this expense and she was like no 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 I don't want you to cancel your membership. Let's find you something to do. Why don't you put a mural in this wall? And I said, okay. And then I did that mural. And then from there, my friends noticed that Mona said, why don't you go here? And I said, okay. Honestly, I feel like half of my life is just things happening and me saying, this is what we're doing now. Okay, fine. That's so important, right? Being open to the flexibility in this transition stage when you really want to do something, you want to get 100% remote. But yeah, these opportunities come to you and you did something else that was really important, which I've experienced as well. You told people your situation. If you just go in and silently suffer and look at ads like for working online and you're like, what do I do next? What do I do next? If you yeah. tell people, you're, you're, you can be amazed by what happens next. I was shocked because I asked two people I asked two people that I, I admired and I knew like they have like a good business going on. And I asked both of them, like, look, I'm in this situation and I want to work. Uh, if you hear of anything and both of them almost immediately gave me something to do. So if you're finding yourself in a situation where you're not where you want to be or you lose your job or whatever, just don't be ashamed of you know reaching out to the people who care about you like i think anyone in if you're in the position to help someone that you appreciate you're going to do that right either if it's directly employing them or making a connection when you can like i really believe in that and i think it's one of the most beautiful things of the nomad community that where most people is really uh, willing and able to help each other right I think that's a great tip for anybody considering this lifestyle, whether they're in a transition from their office job to this remote lifestyle or not, or they're, you know, still trying to think of what they're going to do. Yeah. Like always be open and always share and reach out to the community. Cause a lot, a lot of people, a lot of people just quit their job, like full stop. And they think they can just jump into the remote work lifestyle. Do you recommend that? Or do you think that there should be, it's better to like plan ahead so when people ask me, which for some reason has happened several times, um, I always say, try to give it a try. So uh, try to either negotiate with your current employer to work remotely for one month, maybe during a period where there's not that much work, or during your holidays, go spend a week in one of the 
nomad hotspots and you know look for the facebook groups right and then interact with the community because i think working remotely is one thing and another thing is becoming a digital nomad these are two very different things because you can work remotely from your house like that's a very different life my my sister is an engineer um she works in space she doesn't work in space but she works for space related products and during the pandemic and afterwards she spent like two two years where she didn't step foot in the office so she was effectively a remote worker but she didn't go out of her house so that's a very different thing than what we're doing right um if your goal is to become nomadic i think you should check if you buy for lack of a, of a better word with the community so uh, during your holiday if you cannot negotiate that month off during that holiday get yourself to lisbon get yourself to chiang mai get yourself to Basque bulgaria go somewhere where there's a lot of nomads and join the event and talk to them and you never know if you start asking maybe you will actually get a remote work from one of these people and that's the best way to get hired, right? You don't even have to sometimes give a resume. You just try something for them and, and start from there. It's, yeah, consider also that this we're usually pretty open-minded people. <laughs> Look at the lifestyle that we're <laughs> living. So if they say like, oh, I tried to look for a job. Okay, what, what do you do? What can you do? What are you good at? And then they'll try to place you with somebody. Right, right. So how long did it take you, Adela, from when you quit the fashion, let's say the fit fashion fintech had folded and you were really trying to get back to that digital nomad, like full on lifestyle. How long was that transition period for you before you felt like, okay, I can support myself. Like I'm, I'm good now I'm doing it. So, <laughs> um, I, I, I quit my job, my corporate job, uh, on 2017. 2017 and I started so if I quit on 2017 October then from November I started working with the startup and I started traveling full-time from the next summer so summer 2018 and I was you know kind of working on this and then learning other things and then getting smaller clients blah, blah, blah. and then by January 2020 I was doing very well I was doing very well um, and I was already looking to, you know, I was doing very well with like a marketing job that I got from, from my network. And then I was also doing, I had done some public speaking related to sustainable fashion and fashion innovation. And I was already looking to hire someone to help me go more that route. Um, but then <laughs> I don't know if you heard about this thing called coronavirus. Uh, so then everything went to hell. And then basically all my jobs stopped uh, within one and a half months from the pandemic uh, because my main client that I was working for, that I was bringing in like 90% of my income was related to travel. <laughs> mm. So that okay. uh, died down very quickly. And then, of course, my, my main goal that was to go and do public speaking and conferences also was not really possible. So I was stuck in Vietnam and I didn't have a lot to do. And that's actually why I wrote the, the book because I was like, okay, what am I trying to do here? I'm trying to put my point of view out there. I'm trying to 
be perceived as an expert on my field and how can I do that when I cannot leave Vietnam and all I have is time so that's what yeah let's talk about this the you wrote the passion entrepreneur yes so I'm I I wrote this book basically because I was bored during the pandemic um which is it's something that I I people tell me I shouldn't say that but I want to you know kind of demystify the idea of writing a book just write the book it's yeah fun. i it's funny because this this t-shirt is the name of the neighborhood <laughs> that i wrote about in in the same year and that's another way we bonded as we were talking about these books we'd written and and yeah it's just it was a great time to get things done wasn't it i mean that's one thing yeah. you can say and congratulations so, on getting that book done. what is the passion entrepreneur about okay so hmm. When I was working, because I come from from a design background, right? So when I was working in fashion, it was very clear to me that you had this creative, you know, really passionate people. And then you had like the strategic people, right? As a buyer, I was in between the designers and the merchandise planners and the designers and everything. And I had to somewhat be like a mindset translator of sorts. Like, I realized that I'm very able to understand the point of view and the priorities of one and then the other. And then working with on one-on-one -on -one and consulting with smaller clients, not smaller, with emerging brands, uh, I realized that there's a huge handicap that comes with passion. Like when you start the business out of passion, when there is that very short emotional distance between yourself as a person and your product or the business that you're trying to create, a lot of times particularly during the the beginning and, and the growth stages of the of the business, that passion can lead you towards um, maybe not the best decisions or even get you stuck and prevent you from moving forward, which then becomes a bigger issue because since you have this short emotional distance, if a business doesn't work out, then you take it as a personal failure. So the passion entrepreneur was born from trying to help this this kind of entrepreneurs understand the fundamentals of brand strategy and also help them get transition into that mindset of being a person who has a business and help create that healthy emotional distance between themselves as a person and the business as a commercial entity and i wanted to have a narrative that was honest um but also kind i do not believe in grind culture i don't believe in killing yourself over a business even if this is something you're super passionate about and i also don't think it's necessary so it's um it's a way to try and give people the information that they need to make good decisions without Blaming them for not knowing that information in the first in the first place, if you know what I mean. I love that you made this book because you, there's not so many of us that are in between create the creative side and the strategic side, right? Like to find that bridge is good, is so helpful for people. And I also love that you included your own illustrations in the book. So I don't know if you want to find something yeah. in the book and, and hold it up to the camera, we can see it. But you know, I want to find. Wait, I want to find my favorite. Um, so yeah I I thought for people had told me oh you need to get a professional cover designer and I actually looked into that but 
<laughs> oh yeah, love it. So much fun. Yeah. You can kind of get a sense, viewers, of what murals that she was making on the walls as well. Like very fun sense of <laughs> of design. So yeah, I think. But I think please don't hire me to make food. I have hang my my brush or whatever. No more murals. <laughs> but you can buy the Passion Entrepreneur on Amazon. And the, the other thing I wanted to say, Adela, is that you were in the transition still. You were making like the second transition in the pandemic because you lost all your work again, like you said. Oh, and yeah. You had all of this, all of this expertise and then you were able to, to create something that can you can leverage later. Like I, I know that when you write a book, suddenly people want you to speak on stage. A lot more and you can hold the book or you can show it and say look I did this so it's another powerful tool yeah. you can do in a transition when you find yourself with a lot of time make something from yeah, your expertise I, I think as long as you don't stop you're moving forward um so during the pandemic and it was very hard like the pandemic there the was like a big of a clusterfuck for me I don't know if I can talk like that but I also uh was in a motorcycle accident and I broke my shoulder and I broke my my jaw. <laughs> it was like a complete mess. So I was really like there was the situation, but I was also physically incapacitated for for some time and trying to make it to Spain. It was like a whole mess. So I I just kept trying to take small steps. So I joined some accelerators as a mentor on a pro bono basis or I offered mentoring to people, or I, you know, I volunteered to be a judge on entrepreneur um, uh, contests. And eventually my my network changed and every, people got to know about me and my LinkedIn profile was having now the visibility. And now today, like last year, I was involved to a certain degree with six different uh, international accelerators. So some of them I was hired, some of them I was volunteering, but I I just wanted to keep my name in every single <laughs> somewhat relevant uh, fashion innovation and fashion tech accelerator. And and it's, it's slowly working, but it, it's going to take time. And now I'm at a point today where I am actually making more than I was making back when I was living in Dubai. But I get to live a lifestyle that I want. So it wow. takes a long time. And I'm not going to hear and tell you that once you reach there, everything is done because who knows what's going to happen six months from now, right? But, you know, it's, it's, you cannot see the, the little steps until you push back, like you take a step back and, and then you see it. But yeah. Well, congratulations for reaching that point. What a milestone. Uh, yeah. I wanted I wanted to ask you during that transition, are there any is there anything that you learned that you still carry with you now that you are making more than in that office job way back when? I think the Dubai? main thing I learned um number one is that skills are transferable. This is something that I learned very early on the transition because when I was hired by the startup, I at first I was I don't know why you want to hire me, I don't know why you need a buyer for a startup. Like, so your skills and your knowledge uh, are transferable. Uh, second, make use of of your network and work on your network. So, whenever you can help someone, help them, 
and whenever you need help, reach out. Uh, there's so much value on having a good network. And then there is always several ways to reach to the same point. Like um, with the, I wanted to be a public speaker. I cannot be a public speaker. How can I do that? And then I wrote the book and now I'm reaching, I don't know if many people, more people than I will have had with public speaking, but you are reaching people and, and achieving the same goal with a different way. So I would say those are the three key takeaways that I have learned. Thank you for sharing those. I also, I, I think, by the way, Adela, you're quite a funny person. I love to hear your stories. So I wanted to ask you, during this transition period, is can you share with us a funny story that kind of you got through or it maybe taught you something and helped you during that whole phase? I think the funniest story is, is these ones that we already talk about, the murals. Because okay. particularly that when I was in Koyan and I lost this job and I went to Sarah and I was like, look, you know, just FYI, because we were friends as well. I'm not renewing, but it's nothing against the, it's just like, I can't justify this thing. So like, why don't you do this mural? I had never done a mural in my life. Like this was blind trust from on myself from her side. I blind trust, like complete unearthed confidence from my side as well. I sure, I can paint on paper. Wall is the same. And then we, we bought this uh, paint that they told us wasn't needed because of the humidity and the rain or whatever. And it was like a shellac kind of paint. And the fumes were extremely strong. So imagine like it was the humidity of Vietnam. And, uh, but the most fun part of that, it's a managed the way to turn it into a paint by numbers scenario. So I did all the uh, like the outlines and then I mixed the colors and I put numbers inside the outlines and I had everyone from the co-working helping and like painting, helping the, the base mural. And then I went in and did the shading and all the details. So That's everyone so was cool. working together. It was really, really fun. Wow. Is the mural still there to this day, I have heard that Hub Hoyan has changed so. or you don't I know. It. I doubt it. I don't think it's, it's still there. Um, but it, that's the thing when you paint on a wall. Um, that's not still there. Yes. And I know that one of the murals that I did for working bands probably is not going to be there very long either, but that's okay. You, I, I know when I saw you painting the mural and I know that people were walking by you and everybody was seeing this is what she does and starting conversations with you. And I'm sure it could have also led to work opportunity yeah, from them. That's you know? the thing. Honestly, that was a mistake that I quote unquote mistake because everybody knows me in these places or particularly in Bansko as the girl that paints the mural. And that is so far from what I want to do homework. I feel like you need a t-shirt. I do more than paint murals or something like ask me what else or <laughs> if it's, if they're always passing you by. Yeah. Also um, because it's, it's, I think culturally it's very different, like creative work and strategic work. So mm -hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't really help me, but it's fine because digital nomads are not my main uh, target audience. Right. So right. Eventually I find someone who falls into this category of fashion entrepreneurs, but no it's okay they can think that i paint murals it's just i'm not gonna do anymore 
And it was just part of something that led you, like you said, to now finally making more than the office job, which is, I think, a dream for so many people. But it's also this, just do things. Maybe you fail. That's okay. Just try something. It's, I, I didn't know that I could paint murals and you know what? It turned out fine, but if it turned out ugly, you can paint over it. Nothing, nobody dies. You know, right. no, you're not going to collapse the economy of a country because you fail at doing something. Just, just try, be this book. I had never in my life wanted to write a book. I wrote it, it's, it's there. Yeah. Fine. And I, I saw you also, on. so your book is available on Amazon. I saw that you also have gratitude journals there and yes. you've, you've um, done some spinoff work from that. I've got some gratitude journals and I also did a planner for 2023. This is a prime example of try if it doesn't work, nothing bad happens. Uh, it is gigantic. Like <laughs> I haven't promoted that because I don't think it turned out great. It is like this big, it's over one kilo. So that's a fail, but that's fine. It's okay. I tried, it didn't work. But you learned something through it, I'm sure. Yeah. I you created something. Are. Yes. You should, as an American telling you, Adela, you should know more about inches. <laughs> well, yes. I, I want to thank you so much for joining us and sharing all of this knowledge and all of these experiences you've had. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us before you go? Um, no. I'm Including just... if people want to follow you, where oh, can they if you go? Want, if you want to follow me um, in Instagram, is add... AD is for adventure and then also Instagram everywhere if you just because I have two surnames that are the same if you you google my name you're gonna find me it's yeah. just put also you'll Adela, find the book Alonso Alonso you'll find me in all the social medias and everything but I, I think key takeaways don't take things too seriously just do your best and see what comes out I, I love know. it. It's not very motivational, but this is literally my philosophy you know, of well, life. Well, it's it's and it simple, and it and yeah. you know, just keeping it simple can really make a big difference sometimes, and lead you to this tropical paradise where we both are. Yes. <laughs> Look at this paradise. <laughs> All right. Well, have a wonderful, beautiful day in Kelantan, Thailand, and, and I'll see you right now. Oh, yeah. let's let's go back and have a coffee. <laughs> see you. Bye.